Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had four guests in today, all with fine books out. Yes. Um, And we spoke to Ed Gamble, comedian, one half of the Off Menu podcast with James A. Castor, one of the biggest podcasts in the country. Yeah. He's written a new book, Glutton. Very interesting. Mm. Um, And so, good to see him. Um, Phil Tufnell came in. Always on good form. Yeah, talking about... He's written a new book about life on tour. Fella's a tourist, and you can imagine he was quite a lively one. Yeah. So uh, he had plenty to say. We enjoyed that too. We had a bit of a chat. We did. Mastermind. We had a new topic for Mastermind. That's true. But how did Andy fare? Well, Mm. let's find out. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. It was interesting last night. I decided Mm. to start with the goals show because I wasn't sure how the games were going to go. Yeah. And I heard Owen Hargreaves, and I thought, oh, he's on the panel. That's a bit odd. And then 28 minutes later, I'm thinking, I've written a note in my book. Oh, I must have misheard that. I haven't heard Owen at all. I don't think he's there. I don't know why I thought that. And then suddenly he piped up. Oh no, he is there. Yeah, thirty minutes it was before he actually said anything. Really, yeah. was it brilliant? Maybe he came in as a late replacement. No, he was there at the start. All right. Then he wasn't there, and then we didn't say anything, and then he was. But never mind. Oh, he, okay. he was very good when he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I heard, I heard some of that. He was yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. But I prefer. It's a great show, but I prefer the games. You know, you want to watch the, the games yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's you, when right? there's so many games on. Mm. Um, it depends on the games, doesn't it? I've found I've started. Sometimes I've started watching it, mm. and then I think, "Oh, that sounds like an intro." I get sucked into the game. Um, Manchester United was an interesting one, wasn't it? Good game yeah. and uh, nice moments of redemption for Harry Maguire and uh, Andre Anana, Anana, yeah, Anana, yeah. So that was good, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it, it was a good form. They need they find a way, United. That's mm. the thing. So. Well, we're going to talk to Jamie Jackson about that and look ahead to tonight. The old plastic pitch. It's mm. interesting, isn't it? You know, non-league clubs have to dig them up. But UEFA are quite happy for teams to play Champions League. I know, that's amazing. Champions League matches. I don't know what's them. worse, their pitch or the name of the stadium, which I won't yeah. go into at this time of day. For, a, for, a, <laughs> for a, a kanji to say, oh, yeah, I remember when I was at Basel, I didn't like playing on it either. You know, no, it's, it's, it's not know. great, isn't it? It's a bit of a leveller. I mean, it, it's, it is an, like it. it's enough at sort of Conference League mm. South, never mind Champions League. I meant to tell you, this happened on Saturday. I don't know if people have ever done this, but I was walking out of the ground... And I absolutely th- thought I saw Harry Styles from yeah. Fly. I know he's an mm. Arsenal fan. Yeah. And I thought he's walking from the Chelsea end. So I went up to this bloke and I went, I shoved him in the back playfully. I thought, Harry, what are you doing down enemy territory? And he turned around and it, it looked like him, but it wasn't him. Two things there. <laughs> Why are you shoving a bloke well, you don't... You've never met Harry Styles, have you? Not Harry Styles, Harry Judd. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, not Harry Styles. OK. <laughs> right, I was thinking Harry Styles. Does he mean Harry Judd or is he thinking Harry Styles? No, Harry Judd. Oh, OK. So mm. you've... 
You've Brent man- McFly. You've manhandled someone. I've played cricket with. Yeah, them, someone you really do well. know. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was him. It looked like him. Oh. I, felt, I felt really stupid. I went, well, I'm not. So oh, sorry, mate. Wrong bloke. What did he? What did he say? He could have kicked off. You never well, know. It wasn't. You know, I didn't. You know, I just it wasn't a, a proper light, shove. It was a light, playful okay. shove. Okay. So yeah. what you're saying? Thinking you've recognised the stars, but you haven't. Yeah. Well, Getting it hopelessly wrong. Hopelessly wrong, really. Yeah, that can be a bit eggy, can't it? I mean, especially mm. if they, they don't say, I get you know, I get that all the time. Yeah. But uh, if you look absolutely nothing like them. So, go on then, why not? Um, talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089, tweet to TSH&J. Uh, it's all kicking off in Maidstone in Kent, oh, yeah. where um, apparently the, the local council have bought a £13,000 robot to do uh, pitch markings on football fields. Yeah, it's more accurate, isn't it? You just put a picture of the pitch. And it's a GPS. It's, it's very clever. It's all done with GPS. Yeah. But I think it's quite a sad day. It is. There's something about it's the like, won- wonky line, the it's wobbly a bit, line. It, it reminded me a bit of Father Ted when they bought a, a tea-making machine for Christmas for Mrs Doyle. There is something about this Christmas special. Mm. There is something about um, hand-marked-out pitches mm. And the magic of them being done badly. Whose job it is at football? I mean, Barry Fry, back in the day. Himself, yeah. Barry used to go out when he was at, was it a Dunstable? When was he was it? running the I lot. I thought it was Peterborough. No, really, at I, Dunstable. I don't know if he had to do it at Peterborough. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he did it at Birmingham. No, probably but, not. But, you know, where there's been times when he would do that. The mm. ma- managers are certain. And there was something about a rights of passage about... That role, mm. you always used to go and do the pitch markings myself. You know, it was though how the, our times have changed. Now we're in the Champions League, but sometimes you play on pitches that have been incredibly badly marked out. Mm. So if you've got a few uh, war stories from uh, whether you've done it yourself, whether you've been in charge of that, they've been the wrong size, they've been bad, they've got double lines, got tram lines, whatever you've got, because it looks like it's all been done by machines. So the sort of vagaries of that are sadly about to be a thing of the past. I thought so, uh, Spurs were good the other night. I was oh, impressed with them, actually. Yeah. I think I think they're playing better than Arsenal at the moment. So the game against City will be interesting. Yeah. But I did think, I thought, I've written here, Calvin Bassey had a mare. It's tempting to say Shirley Bassey would have been better. Oh, yeah, well, I suppose it was a tap-in. But, um, yeah, I did, did feel a little bit. We talked about that yesterday for Bassey, you know, out mm. of position, wrong side, yeah, only yeah, his first full game and all yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, But no, Tottenham, look, it's very early days. No one's getting too carried away. A lot of big games. Mm. December's going to be huge. You've got some big games in December. The Chelsea game's going to be interesting. Yeah, in two weeks' time, mm. that will be into a Monday night match. I think it's the best the Spurs have looked since Poch's best season. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. It's, it, but again, it's, it's incredibly early, yeah. and it's not yeah. a particularly big squad, and you see sometimes off the bench, you, you know, you start to see the join a bit. So they've got to keep key players fit, and if they can, who knows? They're live on... Talk Sport as they were on Monday. They're live on Talk Sport on Friday at Sellers Park for the Crystal Palace game, eight o'clock kickoff. Did you talk about John Fury's quote yesterday? I couldn't believe this. We didn't know. He <clears throat> says, when Tyson was born, he yes. said to the doctor, "That boy is special. He's going to live, and he's going to be almost seven foot tall, weigh twenty stone, and one day he's going to be heavyweight champion of the world." Mark my words. Wow. Did he actually say that I at the know. birth? I mean, just a bit of revisionism. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it'd be he, brilliant if he did. Did he say? Yeah. <laughs> Well done, love. I'm going up the pub. No, of course he didn't say that. I'm sure he wouldn't have said anything like that. But yeah, maybe well, maybe he did. Maybe he knew. Maybe he had a premonition. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was written. Mm. Um, Andy in the Black Country says, Paul Andy, um, my wife thinks I'm even more of an idiot than usual, thanks to Andy. When we watched Mastermind on Monday night, on the question subjects, uh, the artist was Whistler. That's going to be coming That's up, right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And I said, oh, not the plumber then. 
<laughs> well, you'd be surprised. She I've asked, got news of that later. She asked me <laughs> what I meant, and she said, you've been listening to them too much. Well, that, you, you, you cannot... I've got two mugs. I you, you yeah, yeah. Well, both on... Both on uh, uh, right on both counts, definitely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Australia playing the Netherlands in the Cricket World Cup, and the Australian innings just about to come to an end. 394 for eight... With Glenn Maxwell uh, getting a world record for this tournament, yeah. Uh, 144 balls. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> That's quickly. That's, he's got that sharp. Absolutely mad. Yeah. Uh, so, Phil Tufnell's joined us in oh, the right, studio. Let's... Yes, not too mm, bad. Yeah, We're going nice to come on to this yeah. World Cup and all sorts of other matters. Mm. We're in this, about central contracts and Lord knows what. Oh, but before that, you have a new book out. I do. You are a prolific author. I know. Like Jilly Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it might be about maybe the eighth one or ninth one. Well, but uh, really? yeah, the tourist. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good fun. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. I, I, gonna, I mean, were you, were you generally? I mean, because you know, cricket as touring is a hot topic. You know, mm. many people have had trouble with it, issues with it, understandably over the years. You're away a long time, but were yeah, you it's a good, harder for married men? I think. Yeah, yeah. Were you a good tourist? Well, I'd like to think Robin Robin Smith always said to me. He said, Phil, he said, if you can't play, be a good tourist. Mm. And it kind of kind of was quite mm. good because you, you do you do get the nod sometimes above people if you're sort of neck and neck and you're looking to go on tour, who's going to cope, who's going to do that. Um, yeah, no, the, the reason I decided to write it was because I just, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years, I just seemed to have been permanently on tour. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't the cricket, you know, or, or sort of like going away in the winters, then it was sort of up and down the countries, heading Lee, you're going up there, and, mm. you know, with Middlesex, you was always away. Um, and then retired from the cricket, and then there was jungles and, and you know, these things. I think it was strictly tours and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And then what do you do when you have a bit of time off? You go on holiday. <laughs> and, and off you go again. But the main thing, the main thing with it is, is that I've always seemed to have been around or, or sort of away with big groups of people, mm. which just, it's just funny, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know, when there's about, you know, 20 or 30 people of you and you're all going up and down the country or abroad, funny things seem to happen. So I decided to stick them in a book. Yeah. Yeah, no. don't worry. By the way, I'm lads out there or lasses, I haven't, uh, I haven't thrown anyone under the bus. No, no you what goes on to <laughs> it stays on to yeah. it. until now, says the press. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. What yeah. I like about this press release is that it's got some. It makes it easy for us because the questions in here are intriguing. Do you want to ask Phil the questions on the press yes, release? I do. Really. Oh, go on. Go yes, on. Then let's, let's do. Let's stick. Let's stick to the. We don't generally do this, but no. we'll stick to the rules today. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my yeah. own, but I can do this. Yeah. Did Phil once push a baby grand piano down the stairs of a plush hotel? If what, he says what? no, that would be a very <laughs> odd question. <laughs> that was a mistake. Yes, that was a mistake. That didn't go so well. Oh. I must admit. Yeah, I think that the brakes were off it or something, and I was messing about <laughs> trying to play it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was quite spectacular. Wow. No, it went down, you know, like the old boom. It was like the thing at the yeah, Aristocats. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the, old, the, old, the old piano was going through. Wow. It went down about three flights of stairs. Were you, was this on tour with England? Uh, uh, no, this was a, a, another time. It was oh. in, I think it, it was in Jersey, actually. Oh, OK. Yeah, but it, it was spectacular. Did you have to pay for the piano? Or? Well, I, I think we all did a runner. I might have, I might have <laughs> to oh, now. Oh, oh my <laughs> yeah. That hotel be straight on the tour. Yeah, yeah, it okay. might need retuning after. Yeah. Question two. Oh, go on. Oh, <laughs> question two. Yeah. Did you accidentally eat a rat? 
Yes, I did. I think the yeah. answer to all these questions is going to be yes. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. They're yeah. not really questions, no, yeah. are they? Yeah. 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 No, no, that was in the West Indies. Mountain Toad, it's called. Oh, right. oh no, Mountain Chicken, it's called. Mountain oh, Chicken. Mountain yeah. Chicken, and we've all gone up there and had this sort of speciality and then found out it was a, a rat, yeah, which was... Um, it, 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 it tasted quite nice for Did a it taste rat. like yeah. chicken? Well, it tasted like chicken. <laughs> yeah, it You've got to be careful. I've, I've, I've always found out... I've, well, I've found out through sort of my life experiences. Yeah. Uh, uh, n- n- you know, don't make a big decision after 9pm, mm. you know, because yeah, it only good. gets you in trouble. Yeah. It only gets <laughs> you in trouble many times. I mean, you're, you're now touring as a pundit. So, I mean, yeah. what's it like? What's the difference? You know, again, you're going with a big gang of people, yeah. and many of them ex-cricketers in this case. So, I mean, obviously, the pressure's off. You haven't got to go out and play the following day. <laughs> no. But you've got to be compass enough what? to broadcast, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> yes, I mean, you can perhaps sort of, like, relax a little bit more. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's no high-cap in the morning, which no. is always a always a bit of a struggle for me, you know, getting out and yeah, Ian Botham always said to me, Go for the middle one, Tuffers, go for the middle one. But um, <laughs> which was another good bit of advice. Bit of advice. Yes. But right, you well, can you can enjoy yourself a little bit more and get yeah. to see the country and everything and uh, it's yeah. lovely. I mean what a what a what a what a wonderful sort of second career sure. I've had to go around and uh, mm. and commentate on the game that you love and you yeah. say you're with all your mates and you see some Wonderful. I mean, what a summer we saw unfold. And we had the best seat in the house. Bit of lunch, bit of tea. Yeah. And no one's trying bit to knock ca- your head off. Bit no of one, cake. Yeah, yeah, no one's trying to knock your head off at no, 90 mile an hour. You get yeah. all the atmosphere, yeah. but none of the pain. All right, this next one, I won't. I know the answer's yes, so I'll ask yeah. it in a different way. Okay. Oh, good Why stuff. were you blamed for England being bowled out for 46 against the West Indies without even being in the team? Well, I know, for some reason, I always used to cop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was always my fault, you know what I mean? The same happened to me. We got bowled out for 42, Middlesex versus Lancashire, and I was playing in that game. And uh, and, I, and and Wazim was absolutely steaming in, and he mm. rolled us over like that. And um, and 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 I'm sitting there in the dressing room, sort of quickly getting my pads on and what have you. And um, you know, and all the all the batters are coming back. Not a word said. Everyone just sort of like, oh dear, oh dear, another mm. one's gone, another one's gone. I got run out for two. Right. I came walking back. Gat has absolutely ripped me head off. <laughs> run out for two? What are you doing? You know what I mean? I've got Desmond Hayes, Mark Rambacash, didn't say a word of them. They got nothing. And I got run out for two and got the biggest rollick in my life. Dear me. You talk about fines as well, Phil, in well, the book when you're on yeah, tour. Yes. And the cricket does strike you, you make that point. Cricketers do seem to get fined for an awful lot, whether well, it's officially or, <laughs> or by the team manager. Yeah. Well, in 19. When was my first tour? Crikey, O'Reilly. 89, 90, we mm. went to Australia. Every single person in the side got fined. Even Alex Stewart, <laughs> wow. even Stewie got oh, no. fined. Was this for flip flops on the coach? Was well, it? Was well, that one no, of them? It was all sorts of yeah. stuff. But everyone got fined. Listen, I I missed the bus. I played for England roughly twelve years, mm. and I only missed the coach to the ground three or four times. <laughs> I, I think that that is a pretty good sort of ratio. Yeah, no, fine, fine. But it's quite good fun, actually, because then you all have the fines meeting, don't you? Yeah. It all goes into the sort of party at the end of the tour and what have you. So. Yeah. But uh, no, everyone got fined, yeah, even Alec, for uh, showing dissent. It was a bat pad off of me. And, and I think that the, the Australian umpire obviously missed it, uh, and it was that it, it, that obvious that even Stewie had a little bit of a yeah. moan. Find. Where's, where's, <laughs> what's your, I mean, you've toured a lot. Uh, what's, what is your favourite? 
place to to go and tour. Um, well, they've all got their own sort of uh, sort of flavours. Yeah. Really, they're all fantastic. Um, Caribbean's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> West Indies tour looks like West Indies looks fun. Yes, yeah. uh, New Zealand, beautiful country. Hmm. Uh, had the pleasure of going over there with Baz McCullum. Did a show over there. Yeah, Not, golf. Yeah, just, my my son said to me, "Have you seen Toughest Show?" I said, "No." I said, "It's just him and Baz playing golf." <laughs> and said, That's a TV show. I said, "How's he swung that?" <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it was fantastic, actually, and, and and what a country. The only thing I had to do, but then I got. To, I got slung out of an aeroplane as one of the forfeits over Lake Taupo mm. and then had to do the, um, the the biggest bungee jump in the world, oh, which man. was absolutely terrifying. Wow. Give me the plane any day of the week. Yeah. It, was, it, it, it was easy. Had some sort of SAS bloke strapped to me back and, and sort of, you know, I mean, just boom, you're gone and the next thing you know, you're fluttering down. But the um, the bungee was absolutely horrific. I would never do another one of them again. Wow. Terrifying. I tell you what I did enjoy this summer was you... Bowling with Jack Leach. It was a little feature yes. they did. It was really interesting. Mm. And, yeah, uh, lovely fella, Jack. Jack, yeah. I mean, yeah. he really admired... He, you could see he looked up to you, and that was nice. But mm. I thought you still had it. He, well, he, he thought you still had it. Coming, it came out all right, mate. It did, yeah. it did. Uh, no, I enjoyed doing that, a little bit of coaching. And then, unfortunately, he had that... Um, uh, stress factor in his bag. I, hope I didn't sort of do anything. I did tell him to get through his action a little bit more. Yeah. Hopefully, that wasn't the cause of it. But uh, no, I really enjoyed that. I mean, he, he's a great fella, great bowler, and um, yeah, I actually. I loved it. I loved it. It's the mm. first sort of bit of one-to-one coaching I've really sort of done with some of the guys. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was great fun. But you do get that sort of, you know, started... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was coming out pretty nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Next thing, then you can't walk for a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, ice bath. Previous regimes have been a bit busy and they've not wanted ex-players who are there working for TV and radio to, to talk to the players. But I know that's mm. changed a lot. Too. Yeah. I know Nasser has a chat with some of yeah. the guys if they asked, if they asked them to. Mm. So, do you get that officially? Do some of the boys come up and say, yeah. this is happening, that's happening? Would you give a bit of advice out if you can? Absolutely. Uh, you, you never actually, because you're always out in the middle at the beginning beginning of the games anyway, with, yeah. the, with the radio and the telly and stuff, and so you're out there prodding the pitch and sort of what's it all going to do and everything. But, um, yeah, sometimes the guys come up to you and just go, have you, you know, have you noticed anything? Have you seen anything? And mm. you're always going to give them your opinion. You know, I mean, you're not going to go bowling up to them. No. You know, but uh, if they come wandering over, I, I think the Baz has, um, has really opened that up as well mm. now. You know, he, 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 he's encouraging yeah. sort of the likes of Alistair Cook to still be, you know, and, and uh, you know, myself or anything, just to sort of like still be involved in that. And if you see anything, don't feel oh, um, good. sort of like shy and coming forward. The boys are very receptive to yeah. it. Yeah. Cookie's not very bad sport, though, is he? Really? Exactly. Oh, well, no, no. <laughs> 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 not. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, Sir Alistair, he's got a few under his belt. Oh, yeah. He's a great, great player, don't get me wrong. I mean, so it's good to see... Uh, yeah. Freddie Flintoff back in the setup as yeah. well, isn't it? That's yeah. good news. No, and he's fantastic. going to be touring with the Lions, isn't he? So. Yes, so that is fantastic news. Um, yeah, great to see Freddie back. Mm. And what a what a fella to have around the uh, the changing room, you know. Absolute yeah. legend of the game. Got lots of stuff to impart on the fellas, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, great to see him back. Yeah. There's some holiday stuff in here. It's not just you as a cricketing tourist. Yes. It's you as a tourist yeah, tourist. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and the different... Jo- How many... Ver- did, you, did you do the Aussie I'm a Celebrity? Have you done the Aussie one or not? Uh, I haven't done the Aussie, but it was in Australia. The oh, first, yeah, that but was, that's right. Because I just wondered, because you're a bit of a... three. that was you. Well, know, yeah. 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we were really it's scary. It's to do it, yeah. <laughs> what a laugh. That but you came back and did the Legends one oh, recently, didn't you? Oh, that was quite good, yeah. South Africa, was it? Yeah, that was it. It was in... That was in the Kruger National Park. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you, was great fun as well. Are you? I mean, it strikes me if you are a good tourist like yeah. that, and I mean, a lot of it is hanging around with the team and stuff. But are you kind of quite good in your own company, or are you somebody who can not, be? Not no, really. Well, I worked out actually. Said I've been on nine or ten tours, I think, and um, I reckon. I never stayed in one night of those tours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon I did. Even yeah. if it's to wait, what do you do? You sort of you have your training, don't you? Then you come back and then you put the telly on in a hotel room. Well, you always just sort I always used to say, right, oh, lads, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the bar at seven o'clock. Yeah. Even if it's just for a bit of dinner and a, and a pint. Yeah. You know, so I reckon I was out every night of that tour. Just, just, to, just to, what else do you do? Sure. You know, you, know, you can't sit there and have room service every night. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us in the studio now to chat about his new book, Glutton, the multi-course life of a very greedy boy, <laughs> is, as we said, comedian, one half of uh, the Off Menu podcast with James A. Caster, Ed Gamble. Good Hello. to see you, Ed. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a, it's a, an interesting... It's kind of, it tells the story of your kind of complex, but very funny and interesting relationship with food from, from childhood, very young childhood. Yeah, yes. from, from... I mean, look, you've, you've opened up the book there and there's yes. pictures of me as a baby absolutely slamming in some snacks there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, when it came to writing a book, I just thought that I, there's nothing else I wanted to write it about because everything in my life I can associate with food in some way. It's, it's amazing how that's happened to a comedian. I mean, there's... Off menu. There's a great British menu. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's, it's it's worked out well for me career wise. Yeah. Uh, I sort of decided to focus on that uh, as well as doing stand up comedy. And uh, yeah. yeah, people people were clearly into what I've got to say about food. It's lovely because there's some notes from an old school uh, exercise you did, and uh, you're the, you know a trip to Cyprus. Your takeaway, literally from this, was um, I like food in Cyprus. I had burgers, taramasalata, moussaka, <laughs> calamari. <laughs> Patisserie. I re- yeah, and uh, your teacher said, I really enjoyed your diary, Ed, but he was probably starving after he'd read it, I would imagine. I can't believe we found that. I mean, I basically said to my mum, can I come and just raid all the stuff you've got from my childhood? Yeah. And the fact we found a diary entry where I listed food that I like yeah. was perfect. There's, I mean, there's a serious aspect to it. There's a few different aspects. You talk about, it, it, you know... you. You were a much bigger guy only a few years ago. You, yeah, yeah. You've lost a, a lot of weight in the last sort of uh, eight, eight, ten years, and 
And you, but you talk about the sort of bullying that went on. Now you deflected by sort of taking the Mickey out yeah. of yourself. Yeah, of course, and that's the bit of a cliche, isn't mm. it? But um, but that's definitely. I mean, I think I was a naturally funny kid anyway. But that's that's how I decided to deploy it, and also yeah. just lean into being a bigger kid as well, and knowing that that was my social role at school, really. But um, I think what's interesting about it is all of this like love of food and the genuine passion for food came after I lost weight because I yeah. started to be a lot more conscious about what I was eating and really got into it and mm. you know started reading blogs on food and going to new restaurants and stuff and that's when I started to get really excited about it because it was I mean when you explained like the in some of the when you were first gigging the the daily routine of, yeah. I mean you were eating a lot you yeah. were giving Elvis a run for his money as absolutely you, you go through the four pizza days and stuff <laughs> yeah like that. that was at university I, yeah. I, I had four pizzas in a day and I <laughs> that wasn't an aim I didn't wake up that morning and go I think I'm gonna have four pizzas today it yeah. just it's snuck up on me yeah I, I finished the last one and i was like oh that's the fourth one <laughs> so how do you keep the weight off i mean if you're involved with food i mean on the yeah. great british menu you've got to eat a lot of food yes mm. yeah i mean the great british menu d during uh during the heat stage which we're filming at the moment actually i'm off again on friday to do it uh it's two chefs in the in the final on that day and we eat so we eat two starters two canapes two fish dishes two pre-desserts, two desserts, two mains. So not necessarily in that order. So we, we eat all of that food mm. uh, and it's a lot, but that happens once a week for two months. And I can't stress enough, I don't do that most of the other time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm quite fascinated about the mechanics of the programme because yeah. when you're eating, if you eat something and then there's a gap, you're then not hungry because even if you've only eaten a small amount. So how, do, how does it work? Do they sort of serve both courses quite quickly yeah it's you sort of you get a course every half an hour i'd say oh. um and you say a, that's a problem in that way isn't it well i mean speak for yourself in <laughs> <laughs> you still have the capacity in there somewhere yeah i mean it's still yeah. knocking you around to eat the whole thing a canopy yeah. you just inhale that well, yeah. you don't have to eat the whole thing you're right but i do um <laughs> and then there's a there's a there's an even bigger gap between the fish dishes and the mains there's like an hour and a half yeah. uh, and i uh, i curl up on the sofa in my dressing room and nap like a big python yeah. <laughs> the good thing is i mean because people think oh you know he was a comedian he had a few quid he went on some cosmic diet and lost the weight but <laughs> You didn't. You just ate, you say I exercise and I ate kind of normal yeah. portions. That's yeah. the really annoying thing about it. Like because mm. I I got asked all the time what's what's your secret because yeah. it was quite a dramatic transformation. You know, mm. if people hadn't seen me in in a year, this was quite possible. Uh, they people some people didn't recognise me. Um, yeah. So they'd always ask what the secret was, and it's really sad to have to tell them I just ate less and moved around more. But that is the secret. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to die. It's just yeah. You, you, Did you become addicted to exercise, or, or I got you... into it? I became right. the sort of person I used to hate, and <laughs> I, yeah, I really like exercise still now. But I know they eat less, exercise more. That worked for me, and that is largely how it works. Some people yeah. will obviously there'll be elements that they can't do at that, which is which is understandable. But mm. for me, that worked. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was a pretty dramatic transformation. I, yeah, think. I, was, I was just wondering whether you like sport because on Taskmaster you were pretty competitive. Very competitive. I think you were on the same series as David Bedil. I was, yeah. yeah. Who um, who wasn't that competitive? <laughs> no, he's not because right. he because he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Basically. fighting talk. No, no. I think I think even David. Would yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's a he's a super super smart guy, one of the mm. most intelligent people I've ever mm. met in my life. But when it came to doing silly tasks, yeah, uh, not his wheelhouse. Yeah. I yeah I I wouldn't say I mean I hate to say it's probably blasphemy on talk sport but uh probably not 
not a real sport guy. Right. I think that was uh, part of being at school as well. I sort of, everyone was into it, so I decided to be a rebel by not being into yeah. it. But, <laughs> mm. but 90s Chelsea, I could probably answer questions on that in, oh. uh, in a quiz, but well, apart okay. from that... That's no. not bad. <laughs> the, the other thing is, there's a chapter in the book talking about diabetes, you're type... One diabetic. I'm type one diabetic. Yeah, and you talk about that, and I have some I'm sort of reading a few things online. People saying it, it, it's been quite useful the way mm. you the way you approach it, oh, the way nice. you make it kind of work in your life. You talk about the management of it as well. Yeah, I, I I was sort of keen to get into the weeds with it a little bit, but mm. not make it uh, alienating for people who aren't type one diabetic. Yeah. But yeah, I've had a few type ones uh, come up to me and say that the way I talk about dealing with it and managing it and also some specific things about managing certain meals have been quite helpful which is great i mm. mean i'm ha- happy to have written a handbook for fellow type wines as well yeah the the podcast the off menu mm. podcast yes i mean was it I, I take it also james is one of these people that hasn't really changed shape from the age of about three to absolutely he's, one of, those, he's, he's yeah. one of those lucky ones who yeah. has a very fast metabolism so he just he does eat he eats a lot you you think where does he put it all although okay, he claims know. now that that's changing right okay he, he feels like like he's getting older and it's gonna it's gonna change yeah. so um so that's fine and i'm gleefully waiting for the day that happens yeah. uh but yeah he's uh he's someone who you know he eats a lot of sweets famously on the off many podcast he's the pudding boy yeah uh, <laughs> and just puts it away and and seemingly it has no effect on him whatsoever he's it's a, it's a wonderful yeah. wonderfully simple format and which is obviously why it's been mm. so popular but it's just it's basically the the dream meal wasn't yes. it for a, a celebrity comedian whoever um, yeah. and you've had I mean, you've had so many. How many episodes have you done now? I think it's 211 as of this morning, I think. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, And yeah, we have a really good range of guests, like like comics and actors and writers and scientists. we've, We've had all sorts of people on. It's great. We've actually not had that many sports people, actually. We keep we keep nearly getting some big sports people and okay. then they, they pull out last minute probably when they hear we have absolutely nothing to say to them about sport. <laughs> yeah. Have you done off menu live? Have you done live? Yeah, so we're doing yeah. a tour at the moment. Yeah. So uh we've we just got back from Glasgow this weekend and we're off to Manchester uh in the weekend coming up. So yeah, yeah we've done a few in London before and one in Montreal, weirdly. Uh but now we're yeah, getting out across the UK. And I think it's different for two comedians because you're used to performing, but it's quite an odd concept, the podcast live and people do it and people go and watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. They love it. I think it's really I mean, I, I'm a big podcast fan as well, so uh I totally get it. Like because you have people in your ears every every week and you sort of feel like you're part of the conversation mm. so people get very excited to actually be in the yeah. room and and mm. watch it all unfold so we've been doing the first half by getting the audiences to send in their dream menus so we've got their dream menus and we go oh. through them and sort of pick up things we want to talk about and stuff so i think they relish that opportunity yeah and then yeah it's a proper episode in the in the second half where we do the chat have you got, have you got any standout moments from the series over the years with different guests and what they chose yeah i mean i think sadly our favorite bits are when people pick horrible things <laughs> Um, but uh, I think the standout moment there's, there's there's so many in my mind but there was a moment during lockdown when we did a we did a live streamed episode mm. um, uh, and it was the redemption episode so we had people who'd been on the podcast before who'd made bad choices zooming in and we take them through what they did and whether they would change anything and we had Ivo Graham on mm. and uh, he'd been filming a TV show uh, near I think it was near Hull and he was in a he was in a hotel room. And at some point during the live stream, he said the name of the hotel that he was in. 
and we were chatting to him and then there was a phone call in his room and basically people who were watching it just kept phoning the hotel and getting put through to his <laughs> oh, room no, no. and he was just in such a flap <laughs> it was, I think there's a clip of it on YouTube somewhere it's, it, at one point he picks up the call from reception who are annoyed obviously because they're having to field all these calls and you don't hear their side of the conversation he just says uh, I'm afraid I've been the victim of a prank <laughs> which has lived on in off menu oh. mode yeah and um, you're you're touring yourself, aren't you? So- yeah, so that starts next year. I'm doing mm-hmm. a new stand-up show called Hot Diggity Dog. So that that starts in March, all across the UK. Yeah, very excited to get back out there. Good stuff. And uh, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, that's it's something I'm interested in as well. When you're doing something like the Great British Menu, and somebody presents something that you don't like, mm-hmm. I mean, presumably you have foods that you don't like. What do you do then? Do you eat it? There's not many foods I don't like. Um, <laughs> but occasionally there might be combinations that I'm not a fan of. And I will say that on the Great British Menu. I'll say, I've never really enjoyed these things together. Yeah. But you sort of have to be dispassionate about it. You need to think about how it's been cooked and whether it works rather than your personal taste. Because there's rarely things that aren't nice because they're all incredible professional mm. chefs. So it's going to be done well. You just need to think about the, the quality and the skill involved rather than, oh, I don't yeah. like vanilla in sauces. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, Ed's book Glutton classy. is uh, out now in Harbeck. You catch him on tour, as he said, and the off-menu shows. I take most of those are sold out, aren't they? They are, actually. I mean, yeah. there tends to be, like, maybe on the day, if you check our social media, there might be, a, you know, production hold releases and all of that okay. stuff. So there, there might well be. And the book's an audio book as well. Oh, I didn't mention that because mm. I think if people are podcast fans as well, I think yeah. they, the audio book is probably the way that... They, they and you've, like I take it you've it. done it yourself. I've you done got, the audio you got myself. Daniel Craig in to do it. No, for you sadly not. Craig, Craig was <laughs> busy. It'd be quite good if you got James to do it for you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're quite a distinctive voice, though, James. Yeah, yeah, so, that's yeah. really true. No, I've I've done it all myself. Yeah, it was a fun. That was a fun few days. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Disappointed, but probably shouldn't be surprised to learn today that all football pitches are marked out by uh, little kind of computers via GPS these Ooh. days. Well, I think a lot. I mean, there's not that the technology's not it's not that expensive considering. I mean, I don't know. If Thirteen grand apparently. Well, if you, I mean, yeah. If, you, if you're one Sunday club, you're probably doing it by hand. But I mean, if you're a local authority, they might be. You can bring them in. You can rent them and get your pitches marked up. Oh, you haven't well, got to buy enough, one. Yeah. But it's all done. Yeah, it's all technology. But the old days of it <clears> being done by hand, you would get some. Good old yarns. Uh, Lance in Liverpool said, years ago I worked at a sports ground and was preparing a football pitch for a forthcoming season. Having used Pythagoras' theorem to square the pitch off, put the halfway line in, my colleague let me go for lunch while he finished off. When I came back, he completed one penalty area correctly, but somehow put the other penalty box the wrong side of the goal line at the other end. (laughs) So it was outside of the actual playing area. Something his workmates (laughs) never let him forget to this day, says Lance in Liverpool. We've had a couple coming on pitches. Um, friend and I had to mark out a pitch we were, were going to play on because the council didn't cut it. So we cut the whole pitch with two mowers and with the Rothmans football handbook marked out the pitch perfectly. It took us five hours. However, we lost 7-0 the following day. <laughs> but honestly, it looked like Wembley, <laughs> says Peter, the Leeds fan. So we're looking for your pitch-marking war stories. Have you turned up to play Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon? Think, hang on. This isn't right because uh, there have been some complete disasters when it is done by hand and someone hasn't done the maths and there's no 
GPS. And uh, Andy pushed a guy in the back the other day after the Chelsea game, thinking it was Harry Judd from McFly, someone he knows a bit. And uh, mm. said, hey, Harry, what are you doing in the Chelsea end? Yeah. Of course, it wasn't Harry Judd from it McFly at all. <laughs> at all. Um, oh, sorry, mate, wrong person. So, yeah, oh, mate, sorry, mate, wrong person. Jez in Leeds played along. I was once mistaken for the Chelsea striker Mark Steen in a curry house in Leeds late one Saturday evening. I just went with it. The bloke yeah. asked me for an autograph and I was happy to oblige and signed a beer mat for mm. him. Beautiful. Um, and cricketers, a bit of housekeeping. We were talking earlier on to Phil Tufnell. He was in the studio and we were talking about the link between Arsenal and Middlesex going back to when Dennis Compton <clears> played <throat> both professionally. Um, but you couldn't do that now. So we started to list off the Chris Baldistons, etc. Those that did both. Um, Graham Cross played at both Filbert Street and Grace Road for many years. Wow. Yeah. He says uh, he gets fed up because no one ever names him. Well, we've named him here. Um, Will um, Wolf Wooler, Captain Glamorgan, played rugby for Wales oh, yeah. and played for Cardiff City. That's the three. Amazing. It's amazing. He was commentating that day that Sobers hit the six sixes. Oh, was he really? Yeah, if you go on YouTube, it's his go with that Glamorgan. Okay, wow. <clears throat> um, Jim Coombs has come up with a lot of people as well. <clears throat> Villa Mark said that. One or two others said that. Uh, Villa and Worcestershire. Joe Hart played cricket and football for Shrewsbury, says Gareth in Newport. Sean Longstaff, decent cricketer, played Premier League hmm. uh, up in the northeast. Gary Shaw, Colin Gibson played for Bourneville Cricket Club in the summer, said Neil in Birmingham. And the old chestnut has come up. We'll give you a second. Can you name the three England captains that played for Scunthorpe United? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I think we can, can't we? But I'll give you a few seconds, listeners. Here we go. Yeah, well done. It was indeed Kevin Keegan, as we mentioned earlier on. Ray Clements. And the one that you probably might not get. Ian Botham, because that's what came up uh, with um, Phil Tufnell earlier on. But I think it's now time for Mastermind, isn't it? It is. Did you watch this week? I can't You watch it. every week, yeah. I do. Um, if you haven't been following this, Andy's got this thing about Mastermind and the way that Clive Myrie, the fine Manchester City supporting host, goes gives you rather too much information about the, <clears throat> the specialist subject. <clears throat> yeah. Something very, very rare happened this week, and I don't know if there's anything to do with me, but the first subject I, I was... doubt it. Don't, don't talk yourself up No, I don't know. Oh, it's all about you. Well, listen to this. Yeah. So the subject was German military aircraft of the Second World War. Yeah. And Clive just did this. He went, yes, in two minutes, let's go. Well, I mean, what, what more can you add well, to that? I say that about every subject, so <laughs> that's my point. Okay, right, fair enough. <clears throat> and as the listener pointed out, uh, one of the special <clears throat> subjects was <clears throat> James McNeil Whistler. Yes. The life and career of the acclaimed American artist, born in Massachusetts in 1834. Yeah. And buried in a cemetery across the road from our flat. Oh, is that right, That's Whistler? What about true. his mum? Where's his mum? <laughs> not there. His wife's there, but he's not there. <clears throat> and it's not <clears throat> James... Shouldn't he be side-on, buried side-on, looking at his mum? <laughs> he <clears throat> Sorry, it was a long time ago. <laughs> it's not James McNeil Plumbers <clears throat> in Weybridge yeah. Well, she should be side-on looking at him. doesn't matter. Anyway, carry on. Or James Whistler Plumbing ah. in Aircon in Toronto. So you've looked up some plumbers. Good. Neither of them. Nice, OK. <laughs> OK. Um... Peter Jenkins... No, not Peter Jenkins. Who's Peter Jenkins? No idea. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, yeah. The film adaptations of James R.R. R. Tolkien's classic work released between 2001 yeah. and 2003. Not Peter Jackson plumbing. Ironically, in Paraparamau, New Zealand. Ah. Peter Jackson, a very common name. And not Lord of the Sinks. No, that would be... Yeah, that's, that's perfect, yeah. Thank you very much. And the other one, well, it was Arrested Development. 
the television comedy about the wealthy Bluth family and their struggle to adapt after their patriarch is imprisoned for embezzlement. That's a long explanation. You do it? need an explanation for that, though. Because there was a band so, yeah. called that as well, wasn't so there? So not a delay in plumbing supplies in a new housing project. No. Well, I mean, we get the 80, idea of that. 84 episodes of that, <clears> so no wonder the woman only got three. She only got three in the specialist well, subject. It's a stupid specialist subject, because if you choose it too wide... Yeah. You've just got no chance, have you? Whereas Should have just you... chosen one episode of it. You can get away with that. In the... <laughs> you can get away with that. Episode four of Arrested Development. <laughs> Celebrity ones, you can get away with that. Yes. So, Andy, yes. um, you've been doing your own specialist subject. We're going to squeeze that in now. I'm going to give you ten yeah. questions. You've done Chelsea. You've done Cricket. You've done... What else have you done? Neighbours. the Shapes. Yeah, that was neighbors. the more ridiculous one. I think we need to bring it Winnie back the to Pooh. school. What is it today? Uh, types of pastry and uh, oh. patisserie and cakes. Oh. As beloved by Prulith on the Great British Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready then? I can't I believe I'm ready. doing this yeah, on a no, national yeah. sports radio station. But I suppose it's competitive after it's a, a fashion. It's also it's a big subject, so I'm not expected to do too well, actually. Feel free to play along at home. Yeah, like you will. Um, your time starts now. <laughs> which sponge, really, which sponge or butter cake was named after a Portuguese wine popular in England in the mid-19th... Sorry, mid-1800s. The, which was Madeira. Often, it is Madeira cake, mm. that's right. What is the name of the pastry used to make eclairs and profiteroles? Shoe pastry. That's right. What is the name of a tower of shoe pastry puffs? You are. <sighs> piled into a cone and bound with oh. threads of caramel. Croque-en-bouche. Oh, blimey, you're on fire. Um, correct. Which uh, fruit makes the rich filling in a black forest gatto? A cherry. Oh, what two colours from the uh, alternate check pattern... Sorry, which two colours form the alternate check pattern in the sponge of a Battenberg? Pink, yeah, and yellow. That's right. What is the name of the Australian cake made from squares of sponge cake or butter cake coated in an outer layer of chocolate sauce and rolled in desiccated coconut? Thank you, Clive. Lamington. Lamingtons. <laughs> Which fruit is the main ingredient of a traditional tart tatin? That's easy. That is apple. Yeah. Uh, the name of which coffee-flavored cake translates as pick me up? Pass. Okay. Don't know that. Well, what is the difference between a Genoise sponge and a normal sponge? Who cares? <laughs> what is it? Well, uh, Genovese. Is it Genoise? It says Genoise, yeah. Whoever he is. Genovese. Genovese. It's a sort of lighter sponge. It's sort of airy and it's got eggs. I don't really know. No, you're just blagging it, aren't you? You're pathetic. Which celebrated French pastry? Clive said to the contestants, you're pathetic. Which You're just fluffing that. Which celebrate? I started so I finished. Which celebrated French pastry consists of three layers of puff pastry, two layers of pastry cream, and a dusting of powdered sugar on top. It's got to be Milfoy. Yes, you're absolutely correct. You passed on one, surprisingly, the white coffee-flavoured cake, Italian coffee-flavoured cake. It's only one you can think of. Called pick-me-up, it translates. Tiramisu. Oh, yeah, yeah. But somehow, out of that, you got um, eight out of ten. <laughs> You can open your own bakery. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You can supply cakes to John Wilkin for his coffee shop up in Manchester. I think he bakes his own. Not bad. So there we are. Very impressive. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, you are some expert on cakes and buns. <laughs> I am. Like Billy Bunter. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that. So I'm back here tomorrow with Perry Groves. Andy will be back on Friday. Although Andy will be back actually tomorrow for the birthday spread. Perry 
yeah, uh, playing his first game, looking to overtake yeah. Max Rushton in the world ranking. Yeah, I think he <laughs> Just will. Just basically, Harry Hill's ahead of him <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. moment, so there's every chance yeah. it will happen. So do hope you can join us for one. If not, the podcast is always available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.